We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Uh, that's me. <laughs> We're on. Okay, well, I'm here. I'm here live with uh, Isabel Hagen. Hi, Isabel. Hey, Rich. How you doing? Uh, yeah, we are in. <laughs> this is the, probably the most interesting podcast I've done. We are in coronavirus lockdown in New York City. I'm in Jersey City. Where are you? I'm in Brooklyn, in oh, Flatbush. Brooklyn. So, yeah. is this the first podcast you've done in the quarantine? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But wow. in a way, I'm thinking this is great because uh, you can just text someone, hey, what's up? <laughs> right. It's not like I, 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 they're I was, somewhere. Where are they? They're home. <laughs> right. They, you know they're home. And you know they're not that busy. <laughs> right. You can't be that busy unless you're doing someone else's, you know, remote podcast. Right, man. I just got like seven other podcasts to do today remotely. And it's really busy. I, I'm, I, I'm busy doing all the writing I haven't done. Right. I'm writing that pilot, finally. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Hunkering look, down. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I have my pilot over there. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, it's a great time to write a pilot. Good time there to write be, a pilot. There are going to be so many babies and pilots. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing too. I think like, and this is the thing. So I want to just bring in Isabel was just on the Tonight Show, and it's amazing. I think you were the were you the last official live comedian? I think so. I think I was the last guest to tape in front of a live audience. Right, right. Because you even and this is the the interesting. We'll have to have to show a clip somewhere. I don't know if I can. We didn't have the right to do it, but the image is your fist bumping. Yeah. So that's like, that's like, obviously, in the in between of like, now you don't even touch. You just right, like, right, right. I was surprised like, he went in for the fist bump. I thought we were going to do the elbow because it was kind of, it's crazy how fast things are changing. Because like, the day I went in, I was thinking like, you know, obviously things were happening, but no one was thinking about stuff shutting down. And then as I was in the dressing room, I hear like, oh, yeah, this is the last day we're doing it in front of a live audience. And then like, boom, like everything is canceled schools are closing i mean it everything is changing so rapidly right right so I, mean, I was already like clubs were offering me spots and i'm like uh i'm busy i was just yeah because it was yeah i don't want i don't feel what was happening yeah i don't feel comfortable going out and like sharing a microphone with with other comedians now and i mean everything is canceled now anyway but like a few days ago i was right. still like i don't know if i can or should <laughs> right right i actually went i hit a couple spots at a club and i got there early <laughs> and uh-huh. I feel like, i'm like wiping everything down oh my god yeah like including the the, the wire the, the right. handle everything and then the doorknobs I, I mean i was and i'm not usually ocd but with this this isn't ocd this is just basic you know protecting yourself and other people right. from who right. knows. i mean another joke i had was like we're in a basement this is place is so disgusting, you know, it would kill the virus. You know? It's like nothing could live in here. Right, right. Maybe, yeah, like the the lantern comedy club. Like there's a... <laughs> We'll find out that everyone will be living as in shelters in comedy club basements. In the, the basements. Only, yeah. The only place that vi- the virus can't survive. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I know the comedy cellar was giving every comedian their own microphone with like a little shower cap cover. Yeah, like those, the, the uh, karaoke, the karaoke clubs. Yeah, I guess. They, I, they always have those little covers on the karaoke mics, but now they okay. have them for, right. Yeah, see, I always thought like, oh, I, I'm a comedian. I share mics with like thousands of comedians. My immune system must be just like a champ by now. 
Right. So I usually that, try to just embrace the germs, but now I guess we have, because there's a specific one we're trying to prevent. Uh, right. right. But, because I just, I thought that too, like I'm going, I must have so many antibodies because I've held this mic. You know, I've touched my oh, face yeah. with it. I've touched oh, my mouth with it. My I've tongue has my... touched the mic occasionally by accident, but it's like, what can you do? <laughs> right. And now, I mean, what's, what do you think is the future of live performance? Like, how are we going to, I mean, you could write a whole pilot on people in hazmat. It's like a comedy right. comedy club. You have to put on a little suit and then you sit there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess my hope or my thought is that this will all be back to normal within a few months. And then we'll, I, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm hearing different things. I, eventually it has to pass. Right. It and might yeah. be after like the world has changed forever and we've gone through a terrible tragedy, but. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's just going to be like the new post 9-11. I mean, it's not a terror right. attack of, against our country, but right. it's something that's altered the way we all think, the way we all move and connect. And we don't make contact with, at least in 9-11, when I was in New York, we'd all look at each other and we, people would reach out and like fist bump or there was no like, we were afraid of anthrax, but it wasn't. Right, and we were this, afraid of another attack or something. Right, right, but, we were all like that. But here, the attack could be happening at any minute. Like, right, it's a different kind of like paranoia and, you know, insanity that sets in. But it's also, it's real. It's not, you know, mass hysteria. It's actually what we apparently need to be doing right now to have a fighting chance of not ending up like Italy or I guess other places but right right I don't I know mean, it's weird when I don't yeah it's just I, I can't I, mean, I was watching this clip of people in Italy just with their windows open singing to each other like just uh -huh. everyone singing yeah. like songs because it's like what else do you do you can't right. go out you can't you're all afraid yeah I'm really enjoying I mean the internet is such a, a nice thing that we have now like my roommate and I are doing this like dance cardio workout that's live streamed and we like FaceTimed our other friends in and it was like it's it's fun you know there are things you can do to make this fun but it is a little ominous and frightening right. and it's I think it's the unknown it's we don't know how long it's gonna be like this we don't know how bad it's gonna get so it's very hard I think for humans to sort of give up the control and just sort of live in the unknown day by day. Yeah, like living is, just in the moment. How do you? Right, it might, it might actually end up with people feeling like kind of happier in the like day by day just because we're actually like, well, nothing to do but enjoy this moment. We're not worrying about like once, once we kind of settle into this life of having to be on lockdown for a little while, we might actually find that some enjoyment in it, or at least I'm hoping for myself. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if, I mean, Maybe I stopped. I'll just stop being depressed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who needs Prozac? Yeah. Just a little COVID in isolation. I mean, oh, I think yeah. that the, the thing is interesting is like, I went through a period where I would just have to start having heart palpitations just because I think there was something in my subconscious was like, you know, panicking. And then I'm like, you know, I just Zoom call people, call friends, FaceTime people, right. and just, and just kind of reconnect to like other humans and like, okay, I'm not, there isn't, I mean, cause I there's an emotional idea or f for me that feel, I keep saying the lava might hit the city in another day, you know, like there's a right, giant right. volcano that's erupted and it's just coming and oozing down the mountain. And, you know, right. there's, there is this feeling of like, uh, what's like what's the exterminator to... came into my apartment on Saturday. I'm like, Oh shit, he's touching stuff. Get out. You know? Right. No, I, yeah, I, I had an exterminator or uh, the super came in to like check the, 
water like a few days ago and I was like sanitizing everything after not because I think he's dirty or anything just because you know we don't know we, we anyone. don't know who's carrying I, right. I mean we could all be carrying it so right yeah and he also he's putting himself to, at risk coming in my apartment been, how many apartments has he been in <laughs> right right and now he's just like breathing and touching and yeah I, I don't know I mean just everything I'm like I'm not I'm touching I'm elbowing the elevator button I'm not going on the elevator anymore I'm taking the stairs because I don't want to be oh. in a yeah, I've been taking the stairs. Space. I right. also figure I'm not going to walk that much, so I might as well get my exercise by taking the stairs. So right, right. But I already I, just, I, I ordered one of those ropes, those big exercise ropes. I'm just oh, going to tie it yeah. to my fire escape and do it, in, you know, across my bed or something. Like, what else can I do for? I know we're running circles. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what? I'll just use the fire escape for my building and get in and out. That way, I don't have to worry. I'm in the right. door the whole time. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. Now, so let's let's let it be so. This is an interesting moment for you outside of the virus. <laughs> like this, this was a big moment to get on The Tonight Show. What, yeah. what was the, the journey to that? I mean, your set was amazing. It was really oh, funny. But so there's much. So that, there's talent, but then there's, there's all these other things that have to come right. into place, right? So what was, how did that happen? Well, I, I did the Just for Laughs Montreal Festival this summer. I was a new face and a lot of bookers and industry are there and the booker for Fallon was there. So uh, he saw me then and that's, that's usually a good, good opportunity to get sort of discovered or noticed. Right. So after that, right. I got asked to do a showcase for the Fallon booker where you go oh, at, okay. is at New York Comedy Club and you just perform the set you would do. And a couple three months later or something, I got a call from my manager that I was booked for March 11th. So wow. it was, you know, I, I kind of, it was a You shot it March 11th? Yes. Okay. Like okay. right before everything. Right, right, right. I mean, get, yeah. the world changed, like, I feel like on March 12th, because I remember getting so much feedback from my video being like this was so funny and it was coming on such a, a sad day so I really needed this laugh and I was like a sad day like I was kind of like out of it and then looked in the news and I'm like oh we're all supposed to like stay home now <laughs> right well the one moment that shows you that is the fist bump and so right. everyone knows that that's a threshold moment because you're like what are you fist bumping you're touching for? I, know, but, I know but you know that there's there's a reddit you're the reluctance because you're fist bumping but you're like now everyone's like no yeah yeah no, we watched I washed my hands yeah, after. I'm yeah, sure Jimmy yeah. did too. Right. Um, right. Sure. <laughs> how, so but, what, what got you to the Just for I want to just kind of, I want to do the oh, whole thing. Yeah. How, how do you get to Just for Laughs? Because that's a whole other. Well, it's, it's a funny story. I, so I got with this manager a couple years ago and he saw me at a show with five people in the audience. So it was one of those things where it was at the pit loft and there were, you know, five audience members and you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this. All right, here we go. No one's really laughing. And he was there because one of his clients was on the show, like ending it with a half hour. Uh, and so he saw me and I, luckily I just did my jokes. I didn't decide to like screw it and just, you know, yeah, mess around. Fuck around, fuck like, around. Right, right. I was like, I'm just, I was like really tired. I was like, I'm just going to do my set. And I got a Facebook message from this guy and it turns out he was like, you know, a legitimate manager at a company. And he, Oh my God. He was like, I, you know, I feel like I saw something and I, I want to rep you. And I didn't have anyone else coming at me. So I was like, sure. And, you know, I, he was legitimate and it, it, it's great. And he's still my manager and it, it's good. Well, I guess also but, as a woman, as a woman, is it a little weird if some random dude 
check, yes. you know, messages you. Yeah, and like through Facebook. I don't know. I guess he just didn't have any other way to contact me. But um, but I think also it's different. People don't culturally. People don't think about that. I think all the time, like, how why are you reaching out to me? But right, right. I was definitely skeptical, but I was like, I'll talk to this guy. And then through talking to him and looking him up, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is legitimate. And so he you know, once you get a, a manager, they then they can submit you to audition for these Just for Laughs showcases. You can also submit uh, a video on your own and go for unrepped, but I submitted as a repped. And right, I didn't get right. it the first year. I, I almost, got, I was in the, did the callback, didn't get it. And then the next year I did the callback again and got it. So that was, that was it. I mean, I always, I like to tell this story because it's like, you really never know who's in the audience. Right, and right just him seeing my set. I mean, hopefully there would have been some other route to where I am by now, but maybe not. If that, if my manager hadn't seen me that night, maybe none of this would have happened because that was the catalyst for right. everything else that's followed because from just for last became getting more representation and having different bookers see me. And so right, that was, right. that was the story. <laughs> and so how did, the, how did you decide on, did they, give you feedback on what your five or your four and a half minutes should be or did they just say whatever you want or is there because different shows have a different process yeah yeah so for this uh once I did the showcase my set was pretty much as he accepted it as it was but I had a bit of a hint before because the fun thing is I, I played on Jimmy Fallon backing up the musical oh, guests a few right, times because right, I'm right. a professional musician. Uh, yeah, and you play the viola, which... Yes, which I talk about in the set. Um, and so my manager and I, before Just for Laughs happened, we had this idea that, oh, let's write to Fallon, and not to Fallon, but let's write to the show and say, hey, I have a client who's played on your show and then here's her five minutes and, can, you know, this would be an interesting angle. And... Uh, I got some feedback then on the video. So I kind of knew like, okay, don't do that joke. And don't. so I kind of like just took those notes in that mm -hmm. moment. So then when I did the showcase, I like switched it around. But other than that, I just chose, I kind of just knew what they would allow and what they wouldn't. You have a sense of what, what's right. not PC or, or obviously no, nothing with cursing. Right, so, or too, too blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's also interesting sometimes the things you think would be okay and then aren't like I was I was in the process of preparing a different late night set that didn't end up working out for a different show and I had like a joke about a uh, rescue dog like a kill shelter and I think it, to me it's like a squeaky clean non-offensive joke but to them they said that that would like make people feel sad and so you really never know what what's gonna be okay for tv and, and you know different shows and different bookers have their opinions and right and everyone has an opinion that yeah. And I do think the bookers sort of know their audience and in general, like, I think if they say something might not work, they might be right. Right. I don't know. I mean, I haven't had been able to test it that many, but. <laughs> I'm going to do all 10 late night <laughs> slots and I want to know. <laughs> I'm going to prove that booker that that right, sheltered right. <laughs> joke. Can you tell the joke? Is it, are you allowed to tell the joke? I didn't even propose it for Fallon. So who knows? Oh, okay. But I'll, I'll okay. see if there's another uh, set that comes about eventually. I'll, I'll see if that joke gets approved then. I don't know. But, right. right. So. And I guess like uh, now what? Like everything is, you know, you have, I don't, I imagine for me, the story in my head would be like, oh my God, I just did this night show. Let's set up the bookings. And the minute you do this night show, 
everything is closed. I know, I know. It's it's insane. I'm I'm like a little worried, but I think it's okay. I think uh, anything I would book probably would be like months out anyway. That's what I'm telling myself. So so if we could just get on those, you know, November bookings, that'd be great. <laughs> get that holiday circuit set together. Yeah, exactly. I could start knitting that Christmas sweater that's still hip, but flattering. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think a lot of comics, I was just sort of watching, I think Danny Cohen was just streaming live and I was like, you know, just people are all, comics are just used to, you're constantly just going up in front of random people and now you can't even go out. You know, right. even, if it's, even if it's a Monday or Tuesday night, you get up and do something. Yeah, we're, and the thing is going out and doing it is also how we practice. So comics are all like not getting to practice for a couple months. Like I, when I play music, like I can practice viola and I probably will now more because I, what else am I going to do? Um, <laughs> but I can practice viola and like, and, and improve like incredibly over two months without anyone else. Right, Whereas without an comedy, without an audience, there's no audience feedback. I mean, I obviously there's when you perform, you get nervous. Different things happen, but I can like I can hone my viola skills by myself. You cannot hone your comedy skills at home. Right. So right. it's a really interesting time. I I know some people are doing some like Instagram live shows, and we'll see how that works. Yeah, well, I was, well, I was talking to Art House because we have the festival. It's now the Jersey right. City Comedy Festival, and like. We're just about to announce all the people that made it. But we're like, yeah. if it's happening, you're you're selected, but right. we don't know. It's right. all like, and, and then, then what do you do? You just pick them for the next year instead, and you have sort of like skip right. Or we do? Do we end up doing comedy streamed? You know, like are right. we going to do streaming? Because right right now we're thinking, well, why don't we just stream shows? Stream from either from the venue and have you know each comic can either zoom in or they could come to the studio and we shoot it but it's even there it's like you have to each student every the green room is going to be seven different rooms disinfected like no one wants you know it's like you really have to do it in a way that's like all remote like no one's going to be actually you know yeah it's 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 like we're on starship enterprise we're all like beaming in from different planets i know and stand-up comedy is so specifically fit for a live audience where like you know music i mean obviously i think everything is the best when it's live but you could do a a streamed concert and it could be like really amazing i think right and and people play music all the time in the background or to sit and listen to but there's a there's a certain level of intimacy that you that can only happen in a live audience yeah and I as a comic like I thrive on the audience I I remember this is funny in my my rehearsal for Fallon so like an hour before they just had me go out into the studio and run the set in front of just the crew and I was like really nervous and I was like almost forgetting my jokes and it was just like god this is really disorienting and so it made me super nervous to actually tape it because I was like I seem to be really nervous and not having a good day but once I got out there and there was a crowd there applauding and present, I felt totally at ease. It was right. just, oh, okay, I know how to do this. I love the crowd. They're here. Like that's the common denominator between any performance is the crowd. Right. No matter if it's taping Fallon or like a really fun bar show. Right. Right. So so it's I don't know. I can't imagine like enjoying doing stand up over maybe I, there's no choice and we'll we'll figure it out. But <laughs> right, right. And he, I, I one time I did this this is a million years ago some 
now no longer existent cable show, but uh-huh. they had these like two male backup dancers and two female backup dancers and then camera crew, but there was no audience. Right. Like, oh yeah, you'll just do it. They were just, they were such a fledgling station. Like, yeah, just do your thing and we'll do interviews after it. I'm like, so I'm doing it, but I'm doing it to like people that are like hot, but naked, but kind of you right. know, like, like, right. like a Speedo and like uh, whatever, like bikinis. So you're like, this is the weirdest. And they're over to the side, the camera's here, but they're over there and it's all... And I thought, oh, it was the most disjointed, disorienting thing. And like, but right. the whole point of comedy is like tennis. It's like the ball has to come back. I'm not just hitting right. against the wall yes. and trying to make a game happen. There's a whole thing that's your, I mean, you still have to, you know, you have your set, but you, right. there's, there's the energy you're, you're playing with and feeding off and leveraging and building. Right. You're, you like ride the crowd like a wave kind of. When it's good, that's what it feels like right. they laps you're riding it and you're letting it and right as they stop you pick it up again and you you know right 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 yeah so, yeah i mean yeah i don't know this is this is all uncharted territory i don't think anyone like what what do you what like what are you gonna do now like like you right. have it like, have you talked to your manager yeah there's all these calls come in i mean what are we gonna do i don't i mean it's been it's so it's just happened all this closing, so I, we haven't even discussed what's what's happening yet. I don't think anyone knows what, other than, yeah. okay, I guess I could fold that laundry. <laughs> you know, I'm trying them. to just think, I mean, besides the fact that a lot of people can't, could and probably will get really sick and there could be some really, besides that, like, I'm trying to just think of it as like, we all just get a little break. Right. Maybe we all need a break, maybe. Like the universe, God said, okay, the universe, everyone, literally just chill not athletes and chill, just chill right <laughs> just like hold like, on like don't it's nothing scary about a, a break it's just a, it's a break you know we can all discover some other parts of ourselves and when we come back it'll be really refreshed right. we'll all be really ready to just I'm, I, <laughs> can you imagine like i'm trying to think of like the open mics the the month that comedy is back and just the flood of people that are gonna because they're already like overcrowded at these open mics right 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 people are like well you know i almost died so i watched half my neighborhood die so i'm just gonna do stand-up now yeah right i i think it's time i all these people who are like i came so close to death i better do what i love i better actually finally try stand-up comedy <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna have to be like two tiers pre pre corona and post corona comedy open mics okay. right you don't it's a different thing like oh you're pursuing comedy now when you had a near-death experience sure anyone would do that we started it before we started it with our low self-esteem yes and, and no sense of urgency exactly <laughs> willing to just do it yeah but oh i was gonna say something else in it less oh it's the same as like i don't know if you ever go to open mics when like at, like after new year's and I call it the New Year's resolution oh, comics. Right, There's always right, like right. a high volume of comedians going out in January. So like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get those get those sets in finally. <laughs> right, I'm finally gonna do stand up. You're like, wow. Yeah. I'm just gonna, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, what can you do? I mean, I, we were all those people at one point when we wanted to try it, and we did. And right, and some of them may end up becoming, you know. Right, of course. It's just they might go viral. <laughs> 
Hey, that's a new. Hey, we can't even say that word now. I know, I know. You're going pan. You're going to be pan. <laughs> you can't even say pan now. Someone's like, someone's like either gay, bi, trans, uh-huh. fluid, but you can't say pan. You can't say pan anymore. Oh yeah. Wait, what is it? What is pan? Pansexual. Even... Pan oh. but, but people might think you're saying pandemic. <laughs> you know, pan. Right. Oh, I see. Right. Going pan. He's going yeah, pan. What would the new meaning of pansexual mean? It means you're yeah. just attracted to people with the virus. <laughs> right. Right. Or I'm into like you know COVID curious. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's horrible. These are, yeah. I mean, I'm sure someone's going to go hashtag and attack me for that comment. I mean, look, it's just day one here. We're day one here in the lockdown. Look, we're, we're just trying. We're, <laughs> we're doing what we're doing our best. We're staying home. We're not, right. we're not out infecting people. Right. We may be infected right. ourselves. Right. I might be. Who I mean, <laughs> I actually went out yesterday to the tennis uh-huh. courts just to hit, hit the ball against the wall. Oh, yeah. And then there was a guy there that I recognized from the court. I'm like, hey, so we were hitting, but we're like 78 feet apart. Yeah. I have, I have gloves on. Right. Other right. people that are out playing have masks on. I'm like, they're playing tennis with a mask. Right. But I just felt good. I mean, it was only 15 minutes. I just want to hit. I was been sitting inside getting crazy. I'm like, just, I, we were just hitting just to do something other than watch the news and get scared. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think going outside, as long as you, you stay like six feet away from someone, which is kind of hard on my streets. Like they're kind of small. It yeah, looks... yeah. Well, you're Brooklyn. I mean, I'm here in Jersey City, and I'm right, you have near a little, the... maybe a little more space. But... I'm near a park. Like in downtown Jersey City is just like Brooklyn. It's all kind of crammed together. But right up right. here, I can go out and go to the park. And there's, you know, I'm on a bike. I can get away from someone if they get close. But right, right. everyone was out. They were all just sitting. No one sat on a bench together. Everyone was like one person per cluster of benches. Right. You know. And, uh, yeah. I saw people I knew, but we were like, how's it going? Like yelling at each other from like 10 feet away. Yeah, it's good right. to see you. Yeah, <laughs> stay away. This is a conversation that everyone at this park is having at the same time because right. they can hear me yelling at you. Right. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I wish we all had balconies like in the Italy video where people are singing. I'm like, well, that's nice. This- right. You could do the viola. We could have yeah. a whole concert and people will be, you know. I know. I want to like pound on my neighbor's wall. Like this wall is really thin. I'm sure whoever lives here is hearing all of this right now. But like, I want to like pound on their wall and be like, "Hey, you want some music?" I don't know. <laughs> right. Oh, it's how do you practice? I mean, that's another thing. You could. Everyone's in their building now, so everyone's going right. to hear everyone and everything. Right. I know. I mean, I I practice, and I'm sure people have always heard me when I practice. But maybe they'll maybe they'll like it more because they're bored. I don't know. <laughs> right. Or it might give them something to you know focus on other than right. Right. I won't practice my, I won't practice like annoying scales. I'll just do like nice, some nice Bach. Right. But you're not going to do like a funeral dirge or something. Right, right. A a requiem. Keep it it peppy. Right, right. Keep it up. Right, right. You're going to do like Katy Perry viola pieces. Yeah, right. Definitely. Uh, So how did, what was, what got you, what was like the moment that got you into stand-up? Like what was... How did that come about? Well, I always loved stand-up. Like, I always thought it was magic watching it. And my brother would have George Carlin on a lot in the house growing up. And so I would tell people, because I was on this music path. I was like, from age 10, I was like, I'm going to be a violist and be in a symphony and whatever. Be very successful as a violist. And so I would tell people in another life, I would be a stand-up comic. And everyone would be like, that sounds miserable. Like, don't do that. That's the worst thing to do. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. And then I just kept kept watching comedy and kept thinking about it. And then my 
first year masters when I was at Juilliard, I had a, a repetitive stress injury in my wrist. So I couldn't mm. play for two months. Oh, right, right. And so I went out and did an open mic and I loved it. It was like five people there, Broadway Comedy Club. January 5th, it was New Year's? Yeah, no, it was October. So, oh, October. Okay. But, it was my, but it was my injury that drove me to go out and do it. So it was right. something. So it was like a near death, almost near yeah, death. Yeah, kind of. So what I was, was death of your musical sort of life yeah well it's scary and when you go to when you're in music school and you can't play a lot of teachers don't know what to do with you they're not like equipped to they're not like okay i know how to some teachers are better than others at handling injuries but some are like all right well come see me when you can play again i don't know and you're like i feel right. useless right because so, you can just you can just follow along in the music right i mean yeah not really kind of really have to sit out and just you know it's it it was kind of like a a quarantine of sorts it was like a having to find other things to do with my time. And I didn't continue doing stand-up after I did that one mic. I was still, cause I eventually started playing again and I was busy. But as soon as I graduated, then I had all this free time and I was freelancing as a violist. So I, I had time to weave it in between my gigs and I would just go to multiple open mics a day and I was hooked. I was right, right. never gonna stop, so. And then you were saying how um, I don't know if I read it when you were saying how when you were saying we were playing back up on on the Tonight Show. Oh, like, I oh, it'll be fun. I wrote in a I wrote kind of a sappy post like yeah, no, but it's, it's a great. Tr- it's, it's true. Post. Anytime because I've played on Fallon three times, so whenever I was back there in this dressing room, I would like close my eyes and be like, "You will tell jokes here one day." Like I know this is gonna happen. Just you know affirmations and yeah yeah I don't know I you, love, you, you love attraction to your way in <laughs> I, yeah I'm not super I don't know I don't believe in astrology or things like that not that there's anything wrong with if you do but for me I, I just in general I don't think about those things but I do think if you just say something over and over again to yourself like you will subconsciously guide yourself to take the necessary steps to get that thing there's mm. more of a chance of you getting something if you like just decide to believe you're going to get it and say it to yourself. Like right. I, I don't know, like little things, like I had a, a mug that said the tonight show on it from when I played, it was like some swag I got. And anytime I would use the mug, I'd be like, okay, this is like putting energy into the universe that I'm going to get to be on the show. I, yeah. yeah. Like that, just, just to keep you kind of motivated to keep going, to keep running the, working on those jokes that would work on TV and, getting out there and networking because it is such a grind sometimes and a lot of times you don't feel like going out and doing it i'm sure you and un- you understand that it's yeah so much push to right. just do it every day right it's the it's the and it's weird because now you're like well i can't exactly get up tonight <laughs> i right. can't just I hustle, hustle to do a few more shows or send my avails to whatever bookers it's like um it's gonna be really interesting to see what comics come up with online the content yeah. they produce. I feel like and, I feel like it's going to force the evolution of comedy and of performance. I mean, you just there's all this yeah. creative energy. What are we going? I mean, hopefully people don't get destructive and just right. eat their way or booze their way or whatever. Right, right. Their way out of like this because like the first week will probably be fine. But you know, I was just thinking serious. But then the serious side is like, you know, when when there are thousands of people that that can't get food or can't get right, or can't you know? Then sorry. I couldn't quite hear you. What happens to, oh, I'm sorry, my, 
Here he has something, he's going to weigh in on this. <laughs> right. I think I triggered my phone. But yeah, but what happens to, you know, some people are living check to check. Like, right. I mean, comics are living check to check. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, all my work has been canceled for the next, like my all my work as a musician has been canceled for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, right. yeah, I, I have a little saved up. My parents live here. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. But I mean, if I were in a different situation, I'd be screwed. Right. So right. it's, it's scary. And I guess we're going to have, again, it's like a one day at a time thing. We'll have to see how bad it gets and how long it goes. I know there are also people donating and funds being set up for, for artists who, who are losing all their work. So there's, there's some stuff, but there probably needs to be more. Right. I mean, the gig economy, there's so many, there lots of people work freelance, whether it's art or, right. or virtual or whatever. I mean, I guess there's virtual people that can work virtually, but right. what if other, they're servicing other, you know, brick and mortar, you know, other places that aren't virtually based. So. Right. Or you work at a concert venue selling, you know, you work in the box office at some venue that's not open anymore. What did, what are they? I don't know. Yeah. All the crews that work, on in venues or the the restaurants that feed people that come to live events the the, everything's can i mean the thing that's interesting this just shows how everything everyone's connected every 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 country on our planet is connected we can't just divide by belief system or race or, or or even like the most wealthy people in america the one the tenth of of a percent can't escape this no, a virus does not discriminate. I mean, they can maybe isolate themselves a little more effectively, but that only goes so far. Right, but how long are they going to go? Are they growing their own food? Right. Are they, they off grid with solar panels and in a hovercraft with its own oxygen? And you know. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but there's only even then. It's like, I know you're insulated, but you're really you can't escape. I mean, look, world leaders are, you know, Tom Hanks and you right. Know, Canada, <laughs> you know, Canada, just, you know, like, I mean, I don't want to laugh. It just seems, it's just everyone is, I, is part of this. I really hope that at least coming out of this, we, I don't know, we, we discover a, a deeper sense of our humanity. And, and like you said, how we are all connected and we do really rely on each other, whether right. we like it or not. Right. I realized like, you know, whether you're documented or undocumented, like just like the whole idea of like healthcare, like whether you believe in healthcare for all, like everyone needs to be tested and treated because you could just leave those 11 million people that you don't believe should be here. We can't get them out. You can't. Right. Like, like the people that have to get them would all die, you know, right. or not all, but you know, imagine the next, the, yeah. next, the next pandemic we have, which will happen because we, you can't, keep industrializing and, and taking over the world and go further and further to the last exotic animal that hasn't seen a human being and it somehow coughs or passes a, a, a disease to a human, however right. it happens, whether it's directly or through some third you know, vector. Yeah, it's, and I mean, we might not be, it might be a much more aggressive virus in the future too. So right. I also think of this, maybe this is like a, a test run. Uh, maybe right. we'll be more equipped when the really scary virus does it. I mean, this right. is a scary virus. This is scary, but it's imagine if it if it had mm-hmm. a much higher, a quicker death rate. Quicker and higher death rate, right. If people were just like dropping dead if they got it, then right. we'd all be like, I mean, 
Yeah. Right, right. We were like, hey, we got to get this shit together. Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't, you know, you can't sort of say it's it's not a hoax now when all these bodies are just laying. I mean, it's a horrible idea, but I know. this is like a very low, this is still a huge pandemic, but it, it, there, we have enough, there's enough in the awareness now that hopefully we'll make changes from what we're going to learn from this. Right that, you know, maybe we should be manufacturing our own masks domestically. Like, you should have access to basic protections. Right. But even before that, it's like, we should set up a way so that we don't keep unearthing. I don't know if it's inevitable we're going to keep we know, should de- all be, deforesting. Be, you know? Right, right. We should all get used to, like, being able to just quickly isolate if we need to for the next time. So, like, when we sense something's coming, it's like, all right, for a week, we're just going to shut down so this doesn't spread we're going to contain the people who have it it's all going to be fine you know right i mean imagine every apartment now it's going to be a studio with built-in capsule right you know, right right it's a capsule and a bathroom or it's a you know every kitchen will now have a pantry with, right. with like water filter and air and dry you're required by law <laughs> to have uh, every building stu- has to have a st- you know its own silo right i mean I, I don't see america doing that i feel like the, I saw a tweet and it was, I forget who it was, but the idea was that if all this social distancing we're doing now works, some people are going to be like, see, it was an overreaction. There was nothing wrong. And it's like, no, it just, it worked. Right, right. And well, so, that's, that, that's the thing. It's right. like, part, part is like, how are we going to prove it? You can only prove it by it not happening. Right, right. And so the, my worry would be that no one does learn their lesson in the States and we're all just like, whatever, back to normal. Woo. Like, Right, and, right. I don't know. I could see it going both ways. Right. I'd be curious. Well, it'd be interesting because, like with the Spanish flu in 1918, like half a million people died. Right. Right. In America. And people didn't have, we didn't have planes in the kind of air travel that we had, uh, that we have now. Like people can't just fly and it takes, it's much harder to spread. So it became like, I don't know, in Philadelphia, everyone just went to the parade. But in St. Louis, they banned the parade uh-huh. because people were afraid of it. Right. And so St. Louis did fine. Philadelphia, like, dropped off the map. Right. You know, and how do we, you know, there was no Instagram feedback then, but people got it when half the city was gone. Right. They're like, oh, I guess there's, there's a virus. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, it's so, I don't know. It's just so dark. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like... Like I'm, I have my little <laughs> this fever gun. I'm, oh. cost, I'm constantly checking my temperature. Oh yeah. But I don't know what's what's accurate. I'm a 96. I'm, my normal temperature is 96. Mine's a 90. little low as well. Yeah. Right. Low, so I don't right? know what's the real temperature. Like, because I'm getting like 99. But is that like a fever? Or is that just I'm a little warm? I think 99 can just be like you're you're warm you like your yeah. your apartment uh, yeah. is warm. Yeah, here we are both two non-medical people. I, I think uh, <laughs> anyone listening do not take our advice. Yeah. Um, Neither one of us went to doctor. medical school. No, I could tell you I could tell you a, I could tell you a good, you know, setup and punch. Yeah, yeah. I can really get it from do not listen to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm an but. Asian who didn't go to medical school. Definitely don't listen to me. I, <laughs> but I will say like, just as someone, I'm a hypochondriac and I'm prone to just panicking. So I have just had to tell myself certain things just to avoid panic. And I think if something really is wrong, you'll, you'll know. That's yeah, what I'm saying. So I like, 
Uh, except for all those asymptomatic carriers that have it, that are just well, wandering. Yes. Around. Then just, you have to stay inside. That's why we're all staying inside right now. But right, in terms of like, if you're worried about like getting it and getting sick, like if you feel fine, like you're fine, at right. least right now. I mean, you might get it, but then you'll know and then you'll deal with it. Right. Or if you're, as long as you're not presenting symptoms, then you will live, just stay inside. Right, exactly. But if you do have symptoms, stay. In other words, everyone should just stay inside. Right. And if it gets really bad, they'll have to come get you. Right, exactly. But (laughs) you might, but if you're fine, you actually might be carrying it. And so you should still not go out. Exactly. I think because, that's that's sound information that even you and I are qualified to give, right? I, I, I just, I, I still, I think statistically, as long as you stay in, you can't spread it. Right, right. You can't give it away and you can't pick it up from someone else if you're inside. And right. that's because there's no, there's not enough testing. I mean, unless they, you know, too bad they, they should just have hired, I mean, I, I still don't love Amazon, but they should have hired, this is what you need to do, Amazon Prime for testing kits. Just get right. everyone a testing kit within 24 hours. Everyone gets it, swabs their nose, sends See, it back out. And that then, could be something in place for the future though, you know, that could happen. I, that would be great if everyone could just get their kit and know and then isolate if they have it. And what, maybe all these out of work artists should like be put to work to administer tests. I don't know. We can like deliver tests to people. We got to do something. Right, right. If we had the tests, but we don't. Have the tests and you have to be wearing those this, like. This... Right, like a hazmat suit. And... Have you seen the drive ins? I watched the drive ins. I'm like, it's amazing. They just. Oh, in South Korea? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, yeah. they have one. They have it now in New Rochelle. They have one. Oh, okay. I mean, I wanted to go just so I'm like, I'll ride my bike over there, but you have yeah. to have an appointment. Okay. But they're supposed to build a bunch of them now, so okay, so every, we will... every state will have it. Because it's like you can't just stick them in hospitals, because then you'd have thousands of people going into the hospital, right? And then right. contaminating and killing everyone else in the hospital, right? Who are there for other medical? We forget, we forget all the sick people who already exist in the world who are in right. the hospital right, right. now. For... There are like, like you don't get to be in here because we were here first, right? The people with like, you know tuberculosis or just like or, uh, yeah or cancer or yeah. other diseases or right. as i said surgeries and they're all recovering so they're everyone in the hospital right now is already compromised and if you right. bring someone in with this you could just knock out the whole hospital yeah so they gotta be I really mean, careful with like s- sectioning it off and, right because I mean, they a friend of mine works at the hospital in san diego he said there's a whole tent you know of you're not allowed in the hospital. You have to go into the tent outside okay. and everyone's being processed there. Right. So you don't bring it into the hospital. And I wonder, I guess you can't even have people that are doing the testing there go in the hospital. Like you, you are the staff right, that right. stays out of the hospital you're the, the whole of, time. Right. You're probably going to get Corona. So just stay outside. <laughs> well, imagine they get it on their, uh, whatever they're wearing. Right. It's, it's on their glove or on their whatever. I mean, I don't know. It's. Yeah, it's very... It's great for a podcast. Though. What a great topic. Yeah. I know, but it's, it's all the unknown. I think everyone's going crazy. I mean, once we all start getting sick, I guess that will be the issue. But right now, we're all just, we don't know. And that's what's driving everyone crazy, I think. Right. Is this little... a sniffle? Is that a cold? Are these my allergies? Right. I mean, it's warmer. Are we going to have, I... is our healthcare system going to break down or are we going to be okay? Is, did we start isolating soon enough? I don't know. Like, it's, it's all right. unknown. I feel like we should have just isolated on January 1st. (laughs) Yeah. You know, as soon as we heard it was happening, just everyone hunker down. But see, I was, until, you know, three weeks ago, I was one of those people who was like, it seems like it's not that serious. 
if you get it and isn't it just another flu because that's the information i was told so right and then when i'm reading this stuff like it's 10 20 times more deadly than the flu like that's no normal flu no so there was a lot of misinformation spread around really early and right. it's not it's not our faults for seeing it but it's a shame that that happens and it yeah and people the people were putting it out there and then there are more people that were kind of you know overconfident or ignorant of just not informed of you can't just go out and you know i i, well, I had a friend who was drunk texting me from a bar and he's like hey i'm love you i'm like what are you doing get, the, get out of that bar go I home i know because you're drunk you're going to be touching people and going doing all these inappropriate things that and this was this weekend i'm like come on you already know things are going to lock down what are you doing out there and, I think people know that it's about to lock down, so they want like a final hurrah, but it's like, yeah, but you're, you're about to make the lockdown like way worse by doing right. it. Right. You're just gonna, I wanna, I wanna get a swag bag of Corona and go home, like. Yeah, right. I, uh, who knows? Uh, so, I mean, I don't know how to wrap this up in a, in a, in a fun way. Or... I think we're gonna get through it together. We're all in it together. That's what I have yeah. to keep saying. No one's alone in this. No one's alone in it, even though you're all alone in your homes right. or apartments. <laughs> right. But you can reach out. We can, you know, you can follow the podcast. You can follow us on Instagram. How can people find you? Yeah. So I, you can go, if you go to my website, which is isabelhagen.com, that links to all my socials. But also I have Instagram and Twitter, which is at isabelhagen underscore. I also have a Facebook page you can like, but that's, that's not as active as my Instagram and Twitter. So well, let's sp spell yeah. out, spell out your handle just because people yeah. might be just hearing sure. this. We got time, right? We're all, uh, <laughs> we have nowhere to go. So it's at I S A B E L H A G E N underscore. That's my handle for Instagram and Twitter. Okay. And great. on Facebook, it's at Isabel Hagen comedy. Okay. And then if, or, for, and for, uh, I'll have all the links as well at, uh, on the meta for this, but you can also go to WTYpod. That's WTYPOD.com. That's We There Yet podcast is what you're listening to. I'm Rich Kamko. Uh, Isabel, this is amazing. We were on the this threshold so of a whole new universe. <laughs> and you were the first, you were the last live comic with a live audience on The Tonight Show. Yep. And uh, <laughs> here we are in this new world. Thank you so much for joining today. Uh, I really appreciate oh, you being here. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you have a great rest of your quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> right. We might talk before it's over because it's yeah. going to be a while. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll check in with Isabel in another 30 days, see where things yeah, are at. Totally. Because <laughs> I have like a beard somehow. It's just like, it's not going well. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll have like, I'll have like long, shorter length hair now and like a Fu Manchu because I can't grow facial hair. I just have a Fu Manchu because oh, it's all it. it grows. Right. Asian facial hair is just like, okay, four on this side. I'll have more nipple hair than I'll have facial hair. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. Thank well, you so much for joining us. Uh, for more information, you go to WTYPod.com. You can also leave us a review at iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, I'm Rich Camco, and I'm here again with Isabel Hagen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. WTY. It's a comedy journey.